Hey everyone, and welcome back to another Now What Wednesday and a new episode of the I Just Blank Now What podcast. I am Jessica Stevens. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining me today. And I want to wish everybody a belated Valentine's Day. Uh, Valentine's Day was just a couple days ago. So I'm sure everyone is still celebrating all the love and um, carrying that on all week. Well, I actually hope everyone carries on all the love all month, all year, because I definitely think we all need more love in our lives and um, having loving relationships. Coincidentally, today's episode has a little bit to do with that too. On the show, I have a guest, Mandy Natal, and she is going to be sharing her I just got asked what sex by my child, now what story. So uh, I guess love and sex is a pretty much hand-in-hand conversation. Uh, One goes with the other most times. So I'm really excited to have Mandy on the show today because she has written an amazing book as a guide to help parents tackle this question that you inevitably have gotten or will be getting from your child one day. So, you know, just to share, as somebody who is not a parent, I found this conversation really inspiring and and eye-opening. And uh, through the episode, uh, Mandy asked me what my definition of sex is, or what I would say if somebody asked me, you know, what is sex? And um, I'm going to let you listen to the episode and hear my my live reply, but then I want you to hang back to the end of the episode, and I'm going to update that definition for you after taking a little time to reflect. So let's jump in, let's listen to the episode, and then I'll catch you on the other end. So a little bit about Mandy. As a former high school health teacher and collegiate volleyball player at BYU and has since adopted the self-proclaimed titles of taxi driver, nutritionist, doctor, therapist, personal trainer, cancer fighter, interior designer, janitor, photographer, and chef, all since marrying her soulmate and becoming a mom. Mandy and her kind-hearted husband, Matt, found out real quick how easy it is to go from three to five kids after twins rocked their world. After living in Utah for 12 years, and Mandy working as a professional photographer while her husband finished school, the Natals have moved north and have fallen in love with the Pacific Northwest. In between the craziness of motherhood, Mandy has found an incredible purpose. Mandy is now publishing her first book, The Birthday Suit Book One, Yearly Guides to Easily Teach Children Ages 1 to 9 About Their Bodies and Sex. This first book will make a huge difference in parents' lives. She says, we have one shot at teaching our kids to respect their bodies and we can't leave it up to the world. It's our job and divine responsibility. So without further ado, let's get to the now what? Have you ever had a situation happen in your life that you weren't expecting, good or bad, and said to yourself or out loud, oh my gosh, I just fill in the blank, now what? Me too, friend, me too. I've had quite a few actually, and in the moment, I never knew what I was going to do next. Of course, I had to figure it out, sometimes the hard way, but I did figure it out. So join me and some amazing guests this season as we all share our own I just blank now what stories so we can all learn from their transformational lessons to help us all answer that lifelong and often paralyzing question, now what? Well, hello, Mandy. 
Hi, thank you for having me. Well, thanks for joining me on the show today. I'm so excited to have this conversation because we got connected. I found out about your cool book and I just, I wanted to have you on the show because I think this is such an important conversation and topic to share. And uh, it's probably going to be a little bit funny too because (laughs) your title is, I just got asked what sex by my child, now what? Before we jump into that story, why don't you tell everybody just a little bit about you in your own words, who you are and all the things. For sure. So I did not think this is what I was going to be doing when I was younger. But in college, I was an athlete. I played volleyball. Very aware of myself physically. I loved learning about the body. I loved Mm -hmm. learning about the processes and the anatomy and how incredible like the healing process was with each injury. Like I really loved it. Before college, I wasn't too educated from my parents. My dad was a dentist, so he you know, had definitely had some medical history, but I really fell in love with all that happens inside the body in college. So much so I changed my major to health education and I started teaching high school health. And that was such a ride. <laughs> that was so fun. One thing, well, not one, but a huge thing I noticed is these kids, high school age kids, were clueless. They did not know hardly anything about their body. So much that like a lot of the boys had no idea that girls had three openings to her body between her legs. And a lot of the girls thought that an erection was caused because of bones, like kind of minor details that are pretty significant in in our, our education, but they really did not know. And I just got this strong, strong desire when I started having kids, I was going to teach my kids and they were going to know and they were going to understand about the body. And when they got into their high school health class, they were going to know because honestly, the kids that did know and understand, they were such good kids in my class. They were good students. They were respectful. They, they learned the information and they just, I was like, I want my kids to be like them. Mm-hmm. And so from the time they were very little, I had this strong desire to teach them. And more people asked, how, why, how do I do this, Mandy? I know that you like doing this. Like, how do I do this? And uh, if so someone asks yeah, you something. You do this as a profession, but how can you teach yeah. me as a mom to do this? Yeah, yeah cool. If someone, this is my life bit of advice. If someone asks you a question more than five times and it's the same question, you should write a book about it. So that's what I've done. I've written a book of how to teach your children about their body and sex. Okay, so did you actually have an experience where one of your kids asked you about sex and what it was? Yeah, well, I mean, I've taught them. You don't teach a two, three, four-year-old what sex is, but you teach a foundation of knowledge, which is, you know, the anatomy. And then we build up to conception and DNA and fertilization and things like that without teaching what sex is. Mm -hmm. Um, But my kids, I've taught them since they were little, but some of my kids, I I have five there's, there's five of them. <laughs> we weren't planning on having five, but uh, twins can make you jump up by, by twos real easy. So uh, we now have five kids, but one of them is much more intuitive than the other, than mm-hmm. the others. And they, they really ask probing questions and want more details than we've had to give to the previous kids. And so, yeah, he's asked what is sex and I, I help parents understand there's a progression of answers that you have. Like you don't give a four-year-old the same answer you're going to give a six-year-old. 
So it, it, when he did ask that, I think he was about six. And I try to have parents hold off on teaching what penetration is and like the details of sex until lesson nine when they're nine years old. So he still has, he's now seven and he still has not been taught about penetration, but he has so much knowledge on DNA, on fertilization, where it happened, how fetal development, how that baby grows inside of a mom. So yes, when you are asked that question, you can be prepared and you can answer it without being embarrassed, but it all comes down to what your mind frame is. And if you can look at sex in a way, not the way that you see it, but in a way that a child needs to see it, it changes everything. So can I ask you a question? Yeah, go for it. So if, if I ask, and I've asked many people this, if I ask you, what is sex? What would your answer be? Put you on the spot. Oh gosh. Yeah, you are totally putting me on the spot. So I guess I would say it's, it's an, it's a physical act between, you know, two people to, in the, in the process of creating another human. Okay. So many good things in there. Okay. But that first feeling, when I asked you that you were like, Oh, yeah, (laughs) you're flooded with everything that we know about sex, Mm -hmm. history, intimacy, feelings, maybe past trauma, pain. There's all these feelings and we're like, oh shoot, what do we pick from to teach this kid? But I, I teach parents, we've got to look at this differently. We have got to break it down to the absolute basic core, core purpose of what sex is. And you said it at the very end, it is the act of creating life. Mm-hmm. If you look at it with that perspective, it's so fun to teach the kids. And they love learning about the creation of life. And they love learning about where they came from. Where did their eye color come from? Where did their hair color come from? Mom or dad? And they they love learning about this. And it becomes exciting if you look at sex as the basic, beautiful act of creating life. Well, that's a great perspective on how to kind of take the stigma out of talking about sex and the shame shame of all of it that some people feel when asked that very question. I'm sure you've gotten a variety of different answers to that question from, you know, really technical to a flubbering, like, uh, it's kind of like, I, I don't know. Right. So um, can I tell you some of them. Yeah. Tell me, tell me some of your, your answers that you've gotten. Some parents, uh, when I, when I interviewed them, I interviewed 126 parents as I wrote this book. Okay. And some of their answers were, okay, it's what adults do when they share a bed or it's what parents do when they're in love, or, you know, it's the actual penis going into the vagina. So when a child hears that, they, anytime you say sex is what you do when you're in love, do you ever tell your child that you love them? I hope we do. Love is a word that they can relate to. Yeah, You've got to make sex kind of unrelatable to them at that age, because like the one parent told a story and she said that her son was like, well, I love this girl at school, I really love her. He's a kindergartner. Yeah. And so when you make it like somewhat relatable to them, it's difficult. Okay, but what about the one that said, well, it's what parents do when they share a bed together? Well, they can relate to that too. They maybe share a bed with a sibling or they've come and snuggled with you. It just doesn't make sense. But when you make it, first of all, in a respectable light of it's the act of creating life, they can't relate to creating life, but they can relate to kind of understanding where they came from. So yeah, the, the answers that I got, I mean, parents, we kind of make it hard on ourselves if we try to make it more complicated than it really is. 
So interesting. So your inquisitive son, where does he fall in the lineup of your kids? Right in the middle. Right in the middle. Okay. So was this around the time when you were pregnant again that, and you, you know, that he started asking about this stuff or was he asking like, you know, what's going on when it related to, you know, your next pregnancy? So he, he really started asking when we introduced the word at age six. So Mm -hmm. in lesson six, um, we introduce it just to teach them it's the creation of life. And he hadn't heard the word before many six-year-olds do and have. And when interviewing all the parents, I try to incorporate like, when is a good time to introduce this word? When is a good time to introduce circumcision? When's a good time? And I try to be very conservative on when we introduce the words. Many children do at age six, once they start kindergarten, these words start going around and they start hearing these things. So I wanted him to know sex is the act of creating life. And we've been talking about DNA and where it comes from, from a mom and from a dad. And he's like, well, how does a DNA come together? And um, we answered that question truthfully. You know, the DNA comes together from the sperm that comes from the testes and from the egg that comes from the ovaries. And we go into details and then we just redirect because as a, as a, he's older than six now, but he doesn't need to know about penetration yet. That's not necessary at this point. He doesn't have the maturity quite yet. So we're just building on that foundation of knowledge um, at this point with him until he is ready to learn about penetration when he's nine. Mm. All right. So you've talked about ages and steps and, and I guess, you know, the progression of information. So yeah, talk to me, talk me through a little bit more about the book and like how, you know, how does this curriculum unfold for parents as it relates to their different school aged kids? Hey, well, as I talk about this, I'm not going to be able to stop smiling because (laughs) I get so excited because every time I tell a parent about this, they're like, I have been looking for this. I need this so much because the problem is, is that parents don't know what to teach, how to teach it and when to teach it. These are just huge problems that we face. So I've laid out in this book, first of all, I teach parents how to be good teachers, how to teach your kids. And honestly, that takes practice. We're not going to be a good teacher just by like, poof, here we are. I'm a great teacher. Like think Especially of Especially if you didn't learn about sex in a very- Exactly. Uh, sensible way, right? Like maybe even your own personal experience of how you learned about it is now going to impact how you feel about it and therefore how you teach it. Exactly. Yeah. And most, well, okay. Before I talk more about that, let's go to something else real quick. I asked a lot of these parents how their education was with their parents. And I'm going to put you on the spot here again. What percentage would you say of all the parents that I interviewed felt comfortable talking to their own parents? What percentage about their body? I'm going to say less than 5%. Oh gosh, that's really rough. (laughs) That would be horrible. Luckily with these parents that I interviewed, it was 23%. Okay. So less than five, I think that's very, (laughs) I would not be surprised that that's what it was, honestly. But so in my, in my research, less than one in four people actually felt comfortable talking to their parents about their body. And we think about this, like, this is our job as parents. Our job is to teach our families and teach our kids. Like that's our divine responsibility. And so, so many of us in my generation were not taught right or not taught at all. Only 21% actually felt educated from their parents. Only 21. That's just honestly heartbreaking. So how can we go on and teach our kids to be better if we don't do something different than what our parents did, right? So we have got to do something different. So for these parents who don't know how, what, and when, they weren't taught how. So that's what I'm trying to do. 
I'm trying to guide parents, one, to feel confident in this, and two, to have a complete step-by-step lesson plan that's the teacher in me, <laughs> like, say this, here's your attention getter, ask this question, teach this concept here, use this picture right here that goes perfectly with this concept right here, ask this question, what's your family values on this? That's something that I really was very mindful on is not imposing my opinion or my religious or political views on families. Um, Because a lot of the resources that I had before I wrote this book had way too much content or things that I didn't believe in or didn't align with my values, or it had way too little and was trying to teach child anatomy on a cartoon bubbly stick figure. Like I needed something right in the middle that was just the beautiful facts that could be left open for families to incorporate their own family values and not have my opinion be, you know, the only opinion, but just to have the basic facts there for families to incorporate it into their own family values. So in creating this book, you were kind of going through a little bit of a Goldilocks experience where all the other resources out there were either too technical, you know, too advanced or filled with too much beliefs or proposing things that may not be appropriate for everybody. Yeah. And there there are some really good resources out there. There really are. Mm -hmm. But I had like eight books and I had to create and pull everything from all of those to create my own personal lesson plans that I wanted to teach. And that's a lot of work. And a lot of parents don't have the time or the confidence to do something like that. So I wanted to share what I've created because it has been a game changer in my family because mm-hmm. as a mother of five, I've got to teach at least five lessons a year. And I've, I want to teach the same content to my first child as I do our five-year-olds. I want to be consistent. And this helps us have a game plan. It helps us follow along just so simply this process. I just get so excited about it because yeah. it's just so helpful, so helpful to parents. Okay. So how, how, what's the age range of your kids? The twins are five and my oldest is almost 14. Okay. So yeah, you do have a old and then a seven year old. Quite a, an age range for all of your kids. And how, how long has the, the book been out? It's been out a week. Oh my goodness. It's one week. Launched. Brand, yeah. brand new on the market. So that's fantastic. Okay. So yeah, you've been kind of going through 14 years of parenting and doing this as, and your family being a little bit of the guinea pig experiment of like when to teach and how to teach. And I'm assuming a lot of the resources probably also came from what you teach high schoolers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. What's, what age range is this book good for, you know, for parents with different age kids? So this first book is the birthday suit book one for ages one through nine. So it goes up all building up to the sex talk. And then book two is going to come out in a few more months for ages 10 through 18. And I can promise, well, I will do my best to promise. Teenagers want to know this information. And if you don't start until later, it's going to be more difficult, but it's still so important to have these conversations, but they want to know. They really do. They might pretend like, ooh, gross, mom, don't talk about that. But there's so much they're dying to know about. And if they can't come to you and feel that connection with you and trust you to be a source of information, they're going to go somewhere else. And I don't and think that. Gosh knows what that information is going to be, right? Who 
that is exactly yeah because we know that the internet is full of a lot of information but some of it is definitely not vetted <laughs> could be could be from extreme scales so yeah really really important for parents to um kind of take control and own own that educational process and not leave it up to teachers at school to do the work once they get to high school because you're kind of behind the eight ball at that point right yeah absolutely yeah but still you think oh they probably already know if your kids are in high school i don't want to give any shame or anything like that to parents like you still can teach let me just share a story about one of my kids in high school he was a junior in high school he had a very very intense girlfriend i knew this because they liked to make out right outside my classroom door that was their spot and they were extremely physical and i walked in on this many times so anyway, this kid, very confident little guy, <laughs> he had some really interesting questions all the time. And he was very, very wide-eyed and listening during the, the sex ed unit. So I was talking about how a girl ovulates once a month and she releases an egg. And I could see him back there and I saw his face and he just looked so puzzled. And he starts raising his hand slowly and I'm like, ooh, this is gonna be a good question. <laughs> I'm excited. So he raises his hand and I call on him and he says, okay, so a girl releases an egg like once a month. Is this, is it like a chicken? Like, oh my gosh, this kid really thinks that his girlfriend squats down once a month and lays an egg, this junior in high school. So I mean, there's, there's so much stuff going on around us and circulating, you know, gross content, who knows what out there, but they really don't understand. And how is a guy supposed to respect what a girl goes through if he doesn't understand what she goes through? Mm -hmm. if he thinks that she lays an egg every month like no we got to teach our kids right we got to teach them what actually happens so that we can learn to respect our bodies oh my goodness that's that's <laughs> that is a, a little bit of a hilarious story but it makes a really good point that you really don't know what these kids actually know like they they say they know stuff but what exactly is it that they know and how have they interpreted what they've actually taken in is actually the bigger question because he could have probably learned the same thing as the, the boy sitting next to him, you know, in some conversation where they heard someone say something and they've just like interpreted it completely different. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of information. Many of the parents who've gone through lessons one through nine are like, Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot of information and we don't just cover anatomy and sex and conception. We talk about safety how to protect your body. We talk about body image, um, that we're more than our, just our body. There's so much more to us. And we talk about um, positive self-respect and we talk about, oh, there's one more I'm trying to think of. It's not coming to my mind. Family code words. If there's a, an issue or someone's not, someone needs to go home with someone else, just things that we kind of forget to teach all of our kids and talk about. I just bring them all up for you to be able to have that resource and be able to talk about them every year. So how long has this book baby been in the making for you? Because it sounds like this is obviously you've been very passionate about this topic since, you know, you got into the teaching world and you've been, a, a, you know, an educator, you know, but really, when did you decide, like, I need to write a book? When, when, when was that fifth question asked and you were like, okay, time to write the book about, <laughs> about this and how long did it take you and what was that process like for you? I love that you called it a book baby because I've called this my sixth baby. Like <laughs> I have, it is a book baby. 
Um, it was about five years ago, right before I had my twins, I was washing all three of my kids at the time in the tub. And I was just teaching them about their body. Okay, wash your hair. Let's wash your elbows. Let's wash your tummy. Let's wash your vulva. Let's wash your anus. Let's wash your knees. You know, just going through all the anatomy, talking about everything without shame. And I just had this idea like, oh my God, to help parents understand this. I got to teach it. So it was five years ago. So it took five years. I'm not working on it the whole time. I was working on raising tiny humans in yeah. between there. But um, yeah, it's been in the works for a while. And now that it's out in the world, what are you most proud of about this, this book project? That I can hold it. <laughs> <laughs> that I can say and know I did something that was so hard that I did not think that I was going to be able to have the mental clarity and bandwidth to do because I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. exhausted mom sometimes we feel the, the pull to do something important and we put it off because we don't think that we're enough or we're qualified or that that we can even do it a couple of years ago it kind of put the book on hold also our family was just rocked with some crazy news I had skin cancer and I had two big quarter size of a quarter sections taken out of my, my face and it was really traumatizing for me. And the day that I got my stitches out, my daughter was diagnosed with retinoblastoma with eye cancer. And we had to go through and fight through all of that. And we still are. But my point of saying that is like, emotionally as a mother, I've gone up and down on some crazy roller coasters. And so easy, it's so easy to say, I can't do that, I'm not capable. And I'm in a hard place right now. I can't push myself, but I just, the thing that I'm most proud of is that I have been able to work through a lot of really hard emotional times and be able to hold something that doesn't just represent my knowledge and my experience and my work, but that I can do hard things that I have made it through and that we can do hard things. Teaching our kids about their bodies sometimes is really, really hard because of whatever we have personally gone through. And so yeah, that's, that's a thing I'm for sure most grateful for and, and, and proud of. Oh my goodness, Mandy, I just want to like jump through the screen and give you a big hug. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> and, and just say how proud of you I am for A, not only pushing through to make this book baby come to life, because I'm sure there were times when you're like, this is crazy. Like, I'm not an author. Like, I can't like... Like, who, who am I? Maybe the imposter syndrome kicked in more than once for you. The very first like, line of the book says, I'm not a doctor. I'm a mom. <laughs> that's, that's the first line. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, hurtling over some of those imposter syndrome moments uh, for sure is amazing in its own feat, right? So there's so many of us out there who are like, we want to do a thing, but we just we just don't, or we just feel what we can't, or, you know, it's, it's really hard. And so we are like, I'm not prepared to do this hard thing. Not only to overcome that for somebody who's in perfect health, but to do it while you are literally battling, you know, some really big health challenges for yourself, as well as for your daughter, that's a lot for a family to be going through. So was this book kind of like, the goal that you're like, that you were like striving for and going for that helps you kind of pull you through some of those darker days and rough, rough patches? I wish I could say yes. I wish I could say that there was, that's what helped pull through. 
No, it was more of our goals sometimes make things harder, <laughs> make things a lot harder. And it did, it, it did. If that, if we're relying on our goals to pull us through, I think that that can be dangerous. I relied on my family. Yeah. I relied on my family to pull me through. But the, the goal was more of a tiny bit of a distraction of something that I knew I was capable of. But if I put all my happiness on the book, that would have been difficult because it was hard. And I, I put all relying on my family and my divinity and my kind of say this in a way that is, is not, I know I'm not alone. I'm never alone. I have my family here. I have my grandparents who aren't here on earth. I have my, my heavenly parents and I know that they are there to support me. And if I rely on them, I, I will always find my way through. Mm, that's beautiful. So, okay, so now the book's out and you're now working on book two. Normally, I always ask my guests, you know, after they tell me their story and, and share their, their, the things that they've been working through to make this thing happen, I always say, so, so now what, right? Because that's part of the title. But I guess we already know what your now what is, and it's book two. So talk to me a little bit about the, the process of getting book two out into the world. Yeah, so I am actually self-publishing because I knew that if I went through a traditional publisher that they would want to say what is in there have a say on the artists, have a say on many things. And I knew in my heart that I needed to have full control over this. So I am self-publishing. So, I mean, this process right now, I'm still working with my artists. I'm getting the pictures for the teenage years drawn. The pictures are fantastic, by the way. Oh, it's so hard to find a good resource of, you know, anatomy to teach a child. Child anatomy, don't Google that. Like, it's, <laughs> it's so, the pictures in here are so wonderful, but yeah, we're starting on that. I just finished a course for a membership on our website so that parents who are apprehensive about teaching this, they can watch the course of me teaching the content, push pause and talk about the questions, push play, I'll teach more, push pause, talk about the family values. So it just makes it even easier for parents to be able to have these discussions. So yeah, I got to work through book two and then do the course for ages 10 through 18 as soon as that's done. Um, I think that's great. So there's that physical resource that they have to, you know, physically hold and share and show with their kids, but also the behind the scenes, you know, training manual, the virtual tutorial for them to how to how to walk through the book and how, how to do it and when and where and, and all that stuff. That's fantastic. So not only are you now a published author, but you are like a course creator. How did this happen? <laughs> it's exciting. Yeah, that is very exciting. I guess, as you said, like if anyone would have asked you when you were in college, is this is this where you would have seen yourself? And the answer I'm guessing would have been like, absolutely not. Like, no. No, I don't know. I, no, but it, it came naturally and I definitely felt the calling and inspiration to do this. And, mm -hmm. and my kids, I didn't want my kids to be like, oh, my mom's the, the sex books mom. Like, I didn't want that. And I'm not, I'm hoping that's not what I become known for, but I'm just trying to help parents, empower parents. That's, that's my main goal. But I've seen what it can do to families. I've seen, I've seen what can happen when you form a relationship with a child around this topic. When I was teaching, I taught 36 kids at the same time, all in the same room all with their own phones, with their own distractions. And we were still able to have these lessons and connect on such a deep level. Mm -hmm. These kids trusted what I was teaching. They trusted me so much that like at lunchtime, I couldn't even eat lunch because 
they were full of kids in my classroom. They were all in my classroom asking questions, maybe about the lesson or maybe about their life, just sharing stories. They're just, they just, we connected mm-hmm. in a really cool way. And I, I've seen what can happen when parents allow themselves to form this relationship with their child, where they can be a trusted source of knowledge about their body and where kids can come to them and ask them questions. Like this is an untapped relationship potential that many parents overlook because you can form a really incredible bond with your child on this. And, and I just, I've seen it. I've seen it. Yes. And now that your eldest is, you know, 14, this is when, you know, they're going through this same kind of phase that you were having with your students. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I love that he is looking forward to his, his birthday suit talk in a month. He knows it's coming. He knows we're going to teach him more information and he's excited for it. He's not, it's not awkward or uncomfortable for him. Mm -hmm. And I, that's like a beaming proud mom moment that I, that he knows it's coming and that he is looking forward to it. Um, let's talk a little bit about the differences between how the, you know, boys take in the information versus girls are taking in the information and like, I guess how this might empower them as they grow up. Right. Cause we, we know when kids don't have the information and they, and they or source it for themselves and they're interpreting it themselves, things can go a little bit sideways as it relates to respect and, you know, consent and and all that stuff so i'm sure in here there's a lot as you mentioned talks about different things but you know helping grow really respectful young men in how they're going to be approaching you know young women in their interactions and helping young women really own their body and empower them to set up some boundaries for themselves as they're going into that dating world right I love those words you use. You use empower and boundaries, things that need to be discussed with our kids, not as you're saying, buy out the door, go on a date before in one-on-one good quality conversations. It's got to be taught. It all comes down to you respect what you understand. If they don't understand their body, they're not going to be able to respect it at the level that you want them to. Like, for example, I use the, the analogy of if a teenage boy helped his dad restore an old car in the garage for a year and they worked together all the time and they were learning how things connect and, and how to, to do all the different parts, is that child going to be more likely to go take it out and steal it and go on a joyride than if dad got a new car and just had the keys hanging up on the wall and you know he didn't work on it? He didn't have anything to say about you know the process of creating it. They're not going to when they understand it, not as much, mm-hmm. but if they're just out there, who cares, whatever, do, you know, not giving them the information that they need, they're going to, they could be more apt to making wrong choices, but we do respect what we understand. And so we got to help them understand it. I love that. That makes so much sense. And um, knowledge is power, right? So yeah, the more knowledge we can share at the appropriate time, just like you said, not everything it should be shared at certain stages, but really empowers them to use the knowledge to be, to be better humans. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the teenage lessons, I'm so excited to get these out because they talk about, you know, manners for kids, for teenage kids. Like, what do you do if someone gives you a ride? Like, what do you do if someone answers the door? A lot of our teenagers aren't taught this kind of stuff and they're just like, rude. So we talk about manners, you know, how to treat 
the opposite sex on a date or the person that you're attracted to, how to treat them, how to show them respect. I had one parent that I was talking to and she said, well, what do I do if my my son, my teenage son says he's got an itch to scratch. And so he just needs to, to have sex to scratch his itch or something. And I'm like, oh goodness, there's so much that needs to be taught before that as far as sex is not your own itch to scratch. It involves two people. And how selfish is it that you think that you want to scratch your own itch and you're going to involve another person and all those emotions and feelings just to, you know, there's all these conversations need to be had way before about respect, about consent, about timing, about when it's appropriate. One thing that parents really need to have figured out is when is sex appropriate? I know that seems like a really easy answer, but think of how many times we hear parents say, okay, don't have sex until let's say, I don't know, until you're married. But if you do, use a condom. Like, what kind of message is this sending? What are we trying to tell our kids? Like, don't do this. If you do, it's bad. You're promiscuous. But if you do, wear a condom. Like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta come up with our own values. What are our beliefs in our family? What do we wanna teach our kids? Like, what are our values? We gotta have those figured out before we teach them to our kids because if we don't have it figured out, how are they? Yeah, for sure. All right, Mandy, I'm so excited uh, that the book is out live in the world as a self-published author. So congratulations. So where can everyone go and find the book? Yeah, thebirthdaysuitbooks.com. There's a ton of information and resources on there. Definitely on Amazon. There's the ebook, the hardcover and the paperback there. Soon the audiobook will be coming out when I can find a few minutes to record that. <laughs> also on Instagram and at the birthday suit books. Okay, awesome. And I'm sure that's where you're hanging out too. So if people have questions, they want to reach out, that's where they can find you. And uh, for those of us who are not parents, but have lots of little people in our lives, is this a really good gift to also gift out to people? Is Or is this really a resource for parents? Is this not something that you would gift to, you know, uh, a teenager to like, take on? 100% I would gift this to a parent. Okay. To new parents, to parents of any age, grandparents giving this to their kids so that their grandkids can have more education than they were able to give to their own kids. I mean, absolutely. This book is not meant to give to a child because it's yeah. a lesson plan. That's what I wanted it's to clarify meant, for people. It's like, this is a gift parent. for a parent or it's a gift um, for a parent. Yes. But eventually, here comes another what's next. I will have books for ages six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, and 12 to hand to them without any pictures, just with the, the content so that they can have that information to study throughout the year. Because they, they, again, the kids aren't supposed to be given this book. Yeah, okay, so perfect. I'm glad I asked that question because I was like, it's the birthday suit book sounds like it's something that you would give to, to a younger person. But I'm glad that that's what's next for you is the course and some other resources and, and books for actually the kids to actually get and have. Awesome. So Mandy, uh, anything else you want to share with us before we wrap up this amazing uh, chat? Uh, one of my favorite things to, to encourage parents, if you do feel like you feel any guilt at all for not teaching your child yet, whatever age they are, one of my favorite quotes is, the best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago, but the second best time is to do it today. So we, no matter how old they are, you're still their parent. It's still our responsibility. Let's have the confidence to go teach our children. Mm, love that. No, sh no shame, no guilt, no stories, right? 
Wonderful. Okay, everybody, if you really resonated with this episode, give it a like, give it a share. If you know a new parent out there who is maybe in need of some resources, share this episode with them so that they can learn about the birthday suit book and use it as one of their tools as they start raising their family. And um, yeah, I'm so excited. And and I think, Mandy, we're going to have a book that we might be able to give away to some people. So we are, so stay tuned for that on on social. Look out for that. And maybe you'll actually win a copy of your own on a social media. So that's it for me. Thank you so much for joining us today, Mandy. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm so excited for your book launch and uh, the second book launch and all the other resources that are coming out. You have a brand new career. (laughs) Not only are you a mom but a teacher but now you are an author so congratulations on that thank you so much all right parents i hope you found that episode helpful and are looking forward to using this book as your starting off point to help you teach your kids about sex so as you heard in the episode mandy asked me what my you know what i would say if someone asked me what you know sex is or my definition And I said the physical act between two people in the process of creating another human, which I absolutely wholeheartedly agree. But after ending the episode and listening back to it um, before it went live, I really was reflecting on that definition and it felt a little narrow to me and it felt that um, there was a piece missing because, you know, for so many people, sex is also about pleasure It's about an intimate act between two humans for the purpose of pleasure. And, you know, as somebody who is not a parent, but is married and and has a loving relationship with another human, yeah, there, I felt that definition was a little narrow because, you know, we are very blessed as humans to be one of the few mammals on this planet and this earth who actually get to enjoy the act of sex and it, its sole purpose isn't for creating other another life. You know, I think they say humans and dolphins are like the two two creatures out there who actually get to enjoy the act of sex outside of procreation. So I just wanted to throw that, that out there because I just realized that it was a very narrow definition, completely appropriate when thinking about, you know, what I would say to a to a young child between the ages of one and nine, for sure, I think that was appropriate. But just thinking as an adult human and other people and being really inclusive of all kinds of relationships, creating another life isn't always the intention behind sex. So that's what I just wanted to update you guys on in terms of my thoughts as I kind of listened back to this episode, that it wasn't inclusive of those of us out there who don't have children or don't want children or biologically wouldn't be able to have a child with our partner, but that doesn't make our desire for love and sex with that partner any less. So I wanted to just put that out there and update my definition because I thought that was really important. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, We will catch you next week on another show This season has just been awesome and so many great guests, and I'm excited to share more with you as we roll through season two. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it more than I can say. Did you love this episode of I Just Blank Now What? If you did, be sure to subscribe on your fave podcast platform. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. I do love reading them. And if you know somebody who's experiencing this story or something similar, 
please share this episode with them. It just might help them figure out the answers to their own now what questions. Have you recently had a now what moment and aren't sure what to do? Reach out to me at jessicastevens.ca and submit your story and I'll help you figure out what to do, how to move forward and help you answer now what. See you on the next episode.